When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to From the Chair, and I'm your host, Mike Hamilton. Join us each episode as we talk to athletic directors from across America. We're going to talk about topics like leadership, career development, issues of the day, and I can promise you we're going to have some fun along the way, too. So sit back, listen in, and let's dive in. Let's go. All right, welcome into today's episode. I'm really fortunate to have our guest today, Doug Gillen, the athletic director at Appalachian State University. Doug, thanks for being with us. Mike, thanks for having me. Appreciate you having me today. Absolutely, absolutely. Good to catch up with you. Got a lot I want to talk about, and I want to talk about your obviously your time at Appalachian, but some other things just in the industry in general, and maybe even your time in the multimedia rights business. And so we'll touch on a number of different topics. But to begin with, Appalachian State being a, a job now that you've held as athletic director for I think you're in your eighth year, if I'm not mistaken, and have seen a lot of growth there at the university and. One of the things that I think is really interesting to, to dive into, and uh, you have experience in two different ways, you were involved with Missouri as uh, the, the transition of the Southeastern Conference. And then when you got to Appalachian State, uh, we're in the middle of the transition, the beginning stages of the transition of, of FCS to FBS. And as you've seen over these last few weeks, there, are, there continue to be a number of teams that are interested in making this move to FBS seemingly. And we even had the recent announcement of a proposed merger between the WAC and the, the ASUN. And I'm curious, your learnings from the, the what you guys, you guys have set the standard for success, at least in football, with, with your movement into the FBS. So you were doing something right. I know you've got a great history there at Appalachian, but I would be interested in giving us some pointers on the things that you saw as you went through that, that maybe you're surprised, the things that you guys had to commit to, and things that others uh, might want to hear about as they consider the move. Yeah, I think, um, so thanks, Mike. I, I think from 
Maybe both both moves, you know, both moves were already decided before I arrived, whether it was at, at um, the SEC, um, at, at Mizzou, Mike Alden, and they, they had already made that decision to go to the SEC when I was there now. And part of that was, um, you know, how do you kind of make sure your facilities and your revenues and, and you know, how do you, how's your budget line up? And the same with App when I arrived here. They, you know, we were already in FBS and we had already competed one season in FBS. And the, the quick funny story I told Coach Satterfield when I arrived is the year before they were one and five in their first year in the FBS. So when I got here, we were five and one in the first year. So made some of the decision making a little bit easier. Um, but I do think some of the pointers, certainly when you look at it, you know, um, you, you can do a lot of revenue modeling. You can do a lot of projections on the expense side and the revenue side. Um, probably, probably the expenses are always going to be higher, no matter what you model. <laughs> they're always going to be higher. And, and the revenue might, might, might not be as high. And for us in particular um, here at Appalachian State, you know, we had to um, be really innovative, really entrepreneurial. Um, we had to, you know, decide how we're going to sell more season tickets, how we're going to win at the gate, merchandise and, and um, concessions and, and special events. All, all of those things to continue to raise revenue. Because one of the things that we're competing against is, you know, certainly the folks in our league, certainly the folks in other leagues. Um, and some of those have revenue baked in, you know, with, whether it's big TV deals or bigger stadiums. or So you're competing against those, too, because, you know, we're all in it to compete at the highest level. And then the, the only other thing that I would add, Mike, is because uh, I do think it's interesting, is we are now, the way I look at it, kind of in my almost third transition, in that the new Sun Belt is completely different than the old Sun Belt. I think it's one of the top leagues in America built, built on geography, built on winning at the gate and, um, and not necessarily off big TV contracts. Again, being entrepreneurial, innovative, how you compete. That's great. You know, I'm interested uh, a little bit too in the fundraising growth that you guys have had there at the university. Um, you know, you little known fact, in fact, really nobody knows this other than me, <laughs> me and a couple others uh, in, in the mid early, early, very early. Um, let's see, when would it have been late eighties rather. Um, I was actually offered the opportunity to, to come to Appalachian to be the, at the time, I think the title was the director of the Yosef club. And um, you know, I was at Wake Forest and ended up deciding to stay Wake. though. I will tell you that it was a very attractive opportunity because growing up in Western North Carolina, obviously held Appalachian State in high regard. But but even at that time, Doug, Appalachian some some things in, in the fundraising side of things that were innovative and on the forefront, but I know that it had to have grown, you know, exponentially over since I that was, you know, half a century ago, right? So right. I'm, I'm interested the the what you guys have prioritized in your fundraising efforts and the kind of growth you've seen as you have transitioned from FCS uh, now into, you know, your seven, six, seven years into this on the FBS side. Yeah, I think that's a good question, and it's intentional. So so we've led the Sunbelt uh, Conference in attendance the last two years, broke last year's record again this year, had all-time attendance in App State history and in, in, in the Sunbelt history. So we're really proud of that. One of the things that we're fortunate enough to have as a, as a passionate fan base. And, and when I arrived and, and uh, you know, said this was my eighth football season, we, we you know, we purposefully said, hey, we got to figure out from our season tickets, we got to grow our season ticket base. One of those was, okay, we're in kind of this new conference. Not, not a lot of folks know some of the schools at the time. Uh, we've certainly grown to know them. And then, you know, we had to bring in some teams that would help us grow our fan base. And, and you know, can never thank um, – you know, you know, University of Miami came in here in 16 and Wake Forest came in here in 17. And then um, University of North Carolina came in here last year. And so, in the, you know, then East Carolina, Marshall, 
um, Charlotte, uh, all of those uh, are sellouts for us. And and um, and then for us also, we've really made been intentional in making family weekend and homecoming sellouts too. So like when we look at next year already, we know that we're going to be sold out every game next year. We'll have our four conference games that are really really attractive, and then our non conference are going to be um, are going to be family weekend and homecoming. And at Appalachian, we sell those out. So how does that tie to fundraising? People, we, we wanted to raise our season ticket base. You raise your season ticket base, then it also raises some of your season ticket. Um, donations and your parking donations, as we all know. And so as we continue to grow that base, and we've we've tripled it since since I've been here in eight years in terms of season ticket holders last year, an all-time high, um, over 12,000 here at, uh, at App State. Um, you know, part of that is we wanted to bring in opponents that they wanted to see. And certainly, again, back to our most recent realignment, that was even uh, more evident in how we decided to go about that in the Sunbelt Conference. But that allowed us then to raise ticket prices, allowed us to raise ticket donation, it allowed us to raise parking. And then certainly for us at our level, we control all concessions, we control all merchandise. And so we're able to really be intentional and focus on, on those all those revenue streams. And that's really helped us from a fundraising standpoint. We'll reach all-time highs again this year um, from a from a donation standpoint. And now, you know, we start, we've already done $160 million. Um, we call it an initiative here, you know, versus a campaign. We did a $60 million initiative when I first got here. We hit that in five years. And now we embarked um, this past fall on a $100 million initiative to continue to build. And we're $28 million into that kind of in a silent phase. So a lot of positives. A lot of it is, you know, um, making sure that you have a great product, great fan base, and then make sure you take care of the fan base. You know, we've game days. We, we were intentional about game days. We brought in NFL folks in here to, to kind of look at our game day and give us advice. And that's really helped us over the last couple of years. So really paying attention to every little piece of detail that we can. Yeah. So um, it's impressive to me, you know, for a long time, you know, everybody wanted to do a two for one, right? And now you've gotten into this home and home situation with uh, some of the brands that really matter to your fans and, and the getting, you know, UNC to come, come up to the mountain this year. I know what a big deal that was. Certainly uh, you've, uh, you've probably you've told me how much you appreciate Bubba being willing to do that. And, and, uh, I, you know, in pre preparing for that game and what became the ultimately, I think, the largest crowd that you guys have, have now hosted in, in Boone. What did it tell you about, you know, you've, you've alluded to your to the things that you're working on. Does it tell you that you believe you can have another expansion? Does it tell you, hey, for a game like this, that's a that's kind of a one time thing every now and then? Where, where does it lead you as it relates to your planning for the future? Yeah, I think it does tell us we can have another expansion, and we're, we're actively working on that right now. Now, the good news is when we talk about expansion, we want to be the best 35 to 40,000 seat stadium in America. We're not trying to be bigger than that. And, and it's a great atmosphere. If anybody's ever been up here to watch a football game here, it's, 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 really, it's really electric. It's special. Um, so we do think we can expand tactfully. Our premium inventory is all gone. Waiting lists on all of our premium in inventory. So we think we can build on the east side. Um, our expansion also includes, you know, part of all of this um, revenue growth, expansion growth has allowed us to build a brand new track, uh, plans indoor-outdoor tennis, plans new softball, um, field hockey facility, et cetera. That's all helped um, fuel that expansion as well. But, yeah, we feel really good now. And, you know, as I mentioned, so when we're looking at um, regional rivalries, and I mentioned, you know, next year, 2023, we have Marshall, Coastal, Carolina coming in, you have Georgia Southern coming in, you have another um, uh, Sunbelt Conference school coming in, and then you got your got your um, non-conference. So you have four conferences, but you know we also have visiting fans come too, which I think was really important as we looked at this, as I've mentioned. And so that continues to allow us the opportunity for growth. 
And, um, you know, as we saw last year, you know, we'll have the same this year when East Carolina comes in. And, and like, not just in conference, but we've been intentional um, doing deals like, you know, obviously John Gilbert with Mike Hill um, doing deals with um, local schools uh, in the state. And, and those those games are as popular as any of them. So so um, when Charlotte comes or East Carolina comes and vice versa. And and, and back to what you mentioned about Bubba, because I can't thank him enough for, for um, you know, doing the deal with us. But when we talked about it, um, to his credit, we all he said we said, hey, it was really good for college football. It's good for college football in the state, and 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 sometimes I think um, whatever state you're in, um, it makes sense to keep those those dollars in the state. It's great for fan bases that can drive, and it really adds, you know, and it's collegial. Even even though you're competing on that day, we all live in the state together, you know, and and so um, we compete like heck. Um, all, all schools that we play in the state, but the fan bases are great. I mean, we just went down and played basketball at Charlotte the other night, and and the fan bases couldn't have been better. You know, we competed for two hours, but um, everything was respectful, and it was just great camaraderie and in, in, in within state competition, which I think there's something to be said for that. You know, uh, to that point. When I was at Wake Forest, again, back in the dark ages uh, in the late 80s, we would play Appalachian on a regular basis in football. At that time, just in Grove State, what well, was Grove Stadium, now Truist Field in Winston-Salem. And even though we had our conference opponents coming in, by far the most electric game every year was when Wake Forest played Appalachian State. And a lot of black and gold in the stadium, you know, the band from <laughs> Appalachian coming right. down the mountain. Uh, just incredible, incredible environment. And, and by the way, um, you know, Appalachian State uh, picked off Wake Forest a couple of those times when I was when I was there too, and and uh, you know it, it was it, anyway it was just a great great uh, spirit around it. I, I want to talk. You, you mentioned Charlotte. You mentioned East Carolina. Um, there are now I think seven FBS schools in the state of North Carolina. Obviously, the population of North Carolina continues to grow. Wonderful place to live and to be from and, and to do the work you're doing. You have won for a long time there in Boone. Uh, when Jerry Moore was there, and you guys obviously had great success in the FCS, won championships, uh, known for a long time for knocking off Michigan in the big house back in the early 2000s. And then over the last, what is it, five or six years now, I believe uh, this is, is true. Schools that have had better records in football in the FBS are Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Georgia. And that's a pretty good class to be in. Um, I, again, as I've said, having been from that area of the world, I know a little bit about the culture and, and my own theories on why Appalachian State football has been successful. But I'm curious, this doesn't have it's the coaching that you guys have had, the consistency in the coaching. It's obviously your support and the support of the institution. But I'm curious as to your thoughts about why you've been able to maintain that consistent high level Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the things you're right, it's hard to maintain. And sometimes, you know, the old adage is harder to get on top and stay on top. And this year we saw that a little bit, right? You know, we had, we, we kind of stepped back a little bit. Um, but certainly, you know, one of the things is that you have coaching transitions, the things that haven't changed our passionate fan base, the history and tradition. And I think those things um, maintain, are consistent. And then as long as, you know, you know, when you go through, when we had three coaching changes in, in three years, three coaching changes in three years and then you've had four or five coordinators in four or five years and so you you're always what we're trying to do even after this year is try to get back to some consistency the good news is our fans have stuck with us our fans have stuck with us and when you're recruiting and you show people um you know a place that's different you know in the mountains of western north carolina 
Um, the atmosphere is different. Passionate fan base, full stadium. That doesn't happen everywhere. It's in the mountains. That doesn't happen everywhere. We, we, we call it the flatland. There's a lot of stadiums in the flatland, right? There's only one that's up in the mountains of Western North Carolina. So you really got to recruit to what is different, you know, and, and not the same as some other folks because we all have the same weight rooms. We all have the same nutrition and, you know, uh, resources for our student athletes. Um, it's how do you differentiate? How do you continue to recruit? And for us, it's been passionate fan base. It's been a different, different atmosphere. The mountains are not for everybody. And we'd say that in every recruiting visit. But if you come, it's special. And I think those that have come and played here um, is special. And then folks want to know that they can get to the NFL from here, and they can. And we've, we've proven that with draft picks over the last couple of years since I've been here. And so um, that allows us to continue to recruit at a high, high level, not just student athletes, but coaches and support staff. Yeah. So um, I'd like for you to comment on the Sun Belt. You guys obviously have – have uh, had some changes here forthcoming. Keith Gill has led that effort, and I've talked to a number of Sunbelt ADs on this podcast over the course of the last several months. And the key theme I'm hearing is, hey, we conference and made it even more competitive through it. And we're at difference. We've, we've talked a lot about football so far, Doug, but the reality is that, and for that matter, on a lot of other fronts, I'm curious as to why that the the uh, the new Sun Belt is uh, meaningful to you. Well, I think yes, and the new Sun Belt I think is outstanding. And the colleagues that I get to work with each day, and certainly our leadership and Keith still have, have done an amazing job building this league and investing. You know, we, we've we've talked about it as a group. You know, if we want to be successful, we got to continue to invest, and everybody's made a commitment. And you saw this year, and sometimes. I jokingly say, be careful what you wish for. I mean, it, there's there's no days off um, in in the new Sun Belt. Every every partic- pick a sport. There's no days off in any sport that we're playing. Um, but I think that's really really good. It's really really competitive for us. We need to be a multi bid league in more sports, and we will. Um, you know, a little bit disappointed this this um, this um, fall with some of our from some of our sports, not in football, where we should have. I, I think we should have had more than one bid, and uh, we didn't get it. But but. Um, I think that's a maturation process. We got to continue at a high, high level. We got to continue to schedule at a high level. And as I tell everybody, you know, with anybody in our league, a win have been against the Sun Belt teams. A win against is as good as a win against anybody in America when you go to a 12-team playoffs, particularly in football. And so that really levels the playing field when you talk about, oh, we got to go play this level of team, or we got to no, you just got to go play good football teams and get good wins. And um, or, or good losses if, if you go, you know, if you go play and it's, it's starting to really kind of play out that way. But um, I think for us, the Sun Belt, the, when we reconfigured, built it on geography, passionate fan bases and, and went in at the gate. And we've seen that, you know, we've certainly seen it at Appalachian. Um, and we're going to continue to chip away and I think be one of the top leagues in America. That's great. So Alden's Army, you know, much has been said about Mike Alden and his effect on the industry through the leadership he he ex- exemplified at the university, but also the number of folks who came through the institution and, and have gone on to become athletic directors. I actually ran into him last week, and he was having coffee with Laird Beach and Brian Maggard and Ross Bjorn. Great success. What did you learn working from Mike Alden? What do you think others have learned from Mike? that has come from his leadership, his mentoring that has led you guys into these roles. Yeah, I think, you know, that when you when you say that, probably the first two things that come to mind are certainly attention to detail. Um, you know, little things make make a big difference. 
Um, and the other thing, and I think is just be proactively collaborative. And, and we, we all learned that uh, from Mike, certainly. And that's collaborative across campus, collaborative within the department, within sports, um, and building relationships. So I think, yeah, it's certainly evident um, with all of us. And, and I, I think probably for me, one of the best parts of everything is that we're all buddies, right? There's, there's that connection. And so there's some different text strings here and there. Um, but um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot more lessons. Those two popped in my mind, attention to detail and, um, and being collaborative and, and can never thank him enough well, for his mentorship. I worked for him twice. Uh, Doug, I, you know, another question I'm interested in, you, you obviously had a leadership role at ISP for a number of years, uh, being there 2002, 2012, working with our good friend, Ben Sutton. And then now you've been an athletic director at Appalachian State for eight years. My story is a little bit of the opposite, right? I, I was on campus for 26 years, eight of those as an athletic director, and then now have been with Learfield in the multimedia rights business for four. I've always said to my colleagues, both ADs and those who I work with today in the MMR business, that I think that there is a lot that goes on in the MMR business that perhaps uh, you know ADs don't quite understand, and that's on us to communicate more effectively, and then vice versa, I believe, the, the opposite is also true, and uh, there's a lot you know, that happens on campus that the multimedia rights uh, business may not understand because of all the nuances and, and uh, you know, the, the, the folks you have to serve and the bureaucracy and all that kind of thing. Uh, you have had an extensive time period in both of those chairs. I'm interested in your juxtaposition of those two um, that could be helpful to those who are, in, and by the way, the listenership here is a niche audience, right? So it's athletic administrators and it's those who are uh, in industries that are serving the athletic enterprise. So you can really provide some some good commentary out here, I believe. Yeah, no, I, I, was, I was thinking that how many times as on your side have we, you've heard an AD say, well, you're not paying us enough. And on our side, we're saying, hey, you're not paying, <laughs> you're not paying us yeah. enough. So that, that's certainly, um, I got to hear it a lot. Now I say it a lot, you know, so in, in some ways it's, it's kind of interesting. But, but no, I think the two go hand in hand. I mean, we can't survive, um, without somebody that helps us market our products, right, to, to corporate sponsors. And certainly now when you kind of look at the NL, NIL um, and what that looks like and, and um, where that's that's gone, I think I think MMR folks even have um, a, a more impactful role to play. And um, I think I'm glad to see, you know, we're at Learfield School. I'm glad to see that Learfield has taken a more proactive approach in the NIL space. And I think, I think for us, it's helpful. And, and so... But also on, on the athletic director side, yeah, you, you have um, a lot of different constituencies that sometimes on the MR, MIR, MMR side, you don't really realize the consistency and you don't necessarily all the time realize the impacts of wins and losses. That, that like, And I don't know if you would agree with this. They just, they just a little bit stronger when you're on, you know, in the AD side. When I was at uh, ISP and we represent a lot of schools, I mean, one half lost half most of the week, you know, in, in that in that time period here, um, in the AD chair, they 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 um, sting a little bit more perhaps, and yeah. uh, and certainly the ramifications. It's hard to know. Um, I didn't realize on the MMR side, like you know, um, at App State, go six and six for a year, and, and and realize you know some of the which we just did, <laughs> you know, realize some of the um, trials and tribulations that causes in this chair. I think sometimes um, I, I certainly didn't know that on the MR, MMR side. Yeah, and I think we it behoove us all to 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 make sure we're communicating on that front because I think both both sides of that equation are really attempting to deliver in a profound and competitive manner for 
each other and they and you're really locked in that that uh, that endeavor so uh, good good stuff there on that I, you mentioned Nil I'm curious how you guys have attacked the Nil um, narrative of what you're doing in that space I know earlier this year when we met I think you had had over a hundred student athletes that had had some type of Nil deal that had, had occurred where are you now let's call it six months later from our breakfast up on the mountain back in July yeah, Troy's Diner. We, we can't wait for you to come back, you know, only the best. Uh, but so, yes, I, I think we're continuing to, to, to grow and progress like everybody has, you know, certainly feeling our way in, you know, kind of, you know, walking, not running necessarily. But, you know, we're, we're in the marketplace business, um, like with, with Influencer, we feel really good about that. I'm certainly um, working with uh, Learfield and have some discussions with Open Doors. Um, also, you know, I do think, you know, what we found is, you know, certainly we have a collective here and making sure that, that we try to manage that to the best of our ability um, and not you know, when I manage, we all know that I don't mean day to day, but what does that look like? What does that feel like? Where, where are they um, acting and, and being active with, with our student athletes? And, and then certainly growing, you know, we've, you know, you've seen starting to see a lot of, of my colleagues across the country coming out, you know, publicly and talking about this stuff. Um, it's becoming more and more important. You know, you've got to be in the game and, and, and you've got to win. Right. And so, cause somebody else is going to, and, and certainly as we're all in this um, you know, the kind of heat of recruiting season right now um, for the sport of football in particular, um, you know, my coaches call me every day saying, Hey, did you hear this? And these people are doing that. And these people, and um, you know, had an opportunity to, to be at, out at SBJ and, and talking with some folks out there. Now, most, you know, not all the rumors are true. And I told my coach that too, like not all the rumors are true about all this, you know, millions of dollars that's flying around in the NIL space, but you do need to pay attention and you do need to be active and you do need to have a plan. And um, I feel really good about all of that for, for us here at App State. Continued evolution, right? I mean, you think about where, just where we've come in the last 18 months from when this entered the discussion, if you started talking, you know, five years ago, if you'd said, you know, you're going to get paid for your name, image, and likeness. You've got the transfer portal. You can make your move whenever you need to make the move. They're going to be collectors paying you for, you know, for your services, those kind of things. You know, you think you, it was like an episode of the Jetsons or something, right? You, 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 you're off into the future, but now here we are, and we're learning as we, we move, move through all this. Hey, look, as we begin to come down the backstretch, I am very interested in giving you an opportunity because we did focus on football so much at the beginning to talk a little bit about some of your other points of pride in your other sports programs. I, you know, I, I know you and I have talked briefly about Dustin Kearns and the job he's doing in the men's basketball program, but uh, what else is on the horizon for the Mountaineers as you enter the winter and spring seasons in, in your athletic programs? Yeah, I, you know, I think uh, certainly, as you mentioned, you know, you know, unfortunately it was during the COVID year from, I say unfortunately only when, you know, Dustin in his second year took us to the NCAA tournament, won the Sunbelt Conference and ended up in Indianapolis. Um, unfortunately, we were in the pandemic, so it was all during the quarantine and you kind of got to hang out in your hotel room for a long, long time. But but certainly continued success in, in the sport of men's basketball. Last year, we were second in the conference, our highest finish in the regular season. This Last year, our women were fourth in the conference, our highest uh, finish in the regular season. We continue to progress in, in baseball and, and softball, which are – in the, in, in the Sunbelt Conference, really, really operated. Certainly, you know, this year we, we had a new um, women's volleyball coach in Sarah Noble that, you know, completely flipped the script in, in terms of what we were able to do in, 
in, in volleyball, um, a new women's soccer coach, Amy Haywood. We had a, the best record we've ever had in field hockey, went 14 and five. Um, and Meg Dawson was coach of the year. You know, with some folks might not know, we're a perennial top 25 uh, program in the sport of wrestling, which is a great sport up here. Um, packed crowds at, at, at every home meet, you know, compete with the best in the country, um, home and away, which has really been electric as well. Um, certainly, we've always been great in cross country. You know, so we just built a brand new $6 million track, lots and lots going on that we're really excited about. Tremendous, tremendous. Well, look, man, I appreciate you taking the time out to join me today. It's always informative. Um, have great respect for what Appalachian State Athletics has accomplished, but have even more respect for what the job you do there and, and how you've gone about your business. Uh, total class act. And so thank you for, for stepping away for a few minutes to take time out what I know is a busy schedule to uh, spend a few minutes on the podcast with us, Doug. Outstanding. Always being with you, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for all you do for college athletics as well. Learfield has been a great partner. My pleasure. All right, folks, you've been listening to From the Chair. Our guest today has been Doug Gillen, Director of Athletics at Appalachian State University. Uh, we hope you will listen to our podcast every week on all the audio platforms and view them right here on YouTube as well. We'll see you next time. Have a good week. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.